coming up. This is a busy part of our of our downtown, so the chances of someone seeing something are likely. This isn't like six in the morning. This was eight, nine o'clock in the morning. There's people moving around. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. It was Halloween morning in 2018 in Moline, Illinois, when officers at the police station downtown heard gunshots ring out. Corey Jr. was found dead in the back of the Moline City Hall. Detectives say Harold was shot a few blocks away, then he drove until he couldn't drive anymore. 22-year-old Corey Harold Jr., a new father to a four-month-old son, was killed in the shooting. Four years later, his family still wants answers. Those who committed this heinous act How can you lay down at night and you've deprived a a child experiencing the love of a father? David Bowman is joining us from WQAD Channel 8 in Moline, Illinois. David, take us back to Halloween morning in 2018. What happened? Reed, what happened was this was actually my first full month in TV. And I remember sitting in the newsroom and we're just, we're listening to the police scanners going off and we're hearing, you know, a shots fired call at near the, near the bridge in Moline. And then there's another shots fired call just a few blocks away. And then we're hearing one across the street from the police station. We're all wondering, is this three separate incidents or what's happening before we, you know, send someone out to, you know, a potentially large situation. Um, so I was very, uh, nervous at the time. Cause again, this was my first full month. And so I was, I was nervous in that moment, but we were hearing about all these shots fired calls. So what ended up happening was 22 year old Corey Harold Jr. He was out driving that day and there were people in a black SUV, according to Moline police that started shooting at Harold Jr.'s car. Um, and, and photos show the, the windows just blown out and and what was happening was Corey was then trying to drive away, trying to get away from what was happening. And he ended up um, coming to rest outside Moline City Hall, which is right across the street from the Moline Police Station. He was smart, very intelligent and articulate. He was trying to get to a safe space. Might have even been making his way down here. Here, to his family's church. Right in the heart of Moline. One street over from where his van stopped. A very bold act of violence happening right in the heart of our city. And everyone wondering, how could this happen right across the street? Moline police say that they didn't necessarily need anyone to call in, although they they did have many people calling in. But they were called hearing the shots from inside the station. And they remember thinking what's going on. And then they were able to go right across the street and right behind Moline City Hall. And and there was Corey Harold Jr., 22-year-old with a a baby at home um, and lifeless. The question, who killed me, hangs over 11th Street in Rock Island. This is a high traffic area down here um, in Rock Island. Um, Tons of cars go by here. Uh, so we're hoping that it's, um, it brings more leads. Police need help solving the murder case of Corey Harrell Jr. He was shot to death behind Moline City Hall on Halloween. Before we talk a little bit more about the investigation, tell us a little more about Corey Harrell Jr. What else have you learned about him through your reporting? 
Well, I was able to speak with one of his cousins in October, and he mentioned that Corey was obviously young, bright, energetic. Corey was a vibrant, uh, energetic, and I said he was striving to be an entrepreneur. He was starting to be interested in becoming a business owner. Um, he had just started a, a small business, obviously a new father. Um, so his family just, of course, heartbroken by the fact that this could happen because he had such a bright future ahead of him. Right. I was looking back at some of WQAD's reporting from 2018, and it seemed like others shared a similar sentiment. His girlfriend said he was the kind of person who would go out of his way to make others happy. Others talked about him being a hard worker and a leader. At the time, back in 2018, Moline police said the shooting was a result of, quote, an escalating dispute between two groups of individuals. Talk about that a little bit. What did they share at the time about the circumstances surrounding the shooting? I don't believe that answer ever really came out. In the most recent press conference in October of this year, the police chief, Darren Galt, had mentioned that he believes that Corey Harold Jr. and the suspects that they had just, or the people of interest, excuse me, that they had named knew each other. And this was not a random shooting. We believe Corey was targeted by the shooters. And through our investigation, we determined that these people all knew each other. But we don't know who the two groups are. It's not like they ever named, um, like, this is XYZ gang or this is this group or anything like that, to my knowledge. It's 1,092 days, but it's been a lifetime of pain and sorrow for his mom and dad. It's a news story to you and uh, your viewers, your readers, but it's a nightmare for his family. You mentioned that press conference. It took place just a few days before the three-year anniversary of Harold's killing. What else did we learn on October 27th during that press conference? Well, with it being near the three-year anniversary mark, they Moline police came forward with who they are looking for for information. They've listed three people of interest. Today, we are asking the public for more information on three specific people that our investigators believe have significant information related to the Harrell homicide in 2018. Moline Police Chief Darren Galt said that these are people who they believe know significant information regarding Corey Harrell Jr.'s death. So they aren't listed as suspects. They are not charged in any way, shape, or form with this uh, with this killing. Uh, but they are looking to the public for this information. So we learned that Alonzo Cole, Thomas Elijah Hughes, and Preston Orr are all people that Moline police were wanting to speak to regarding this incident or regarding this killing. So two of the people of interest are already in federal custody. They were arrested by Moline police back in May of 2020. So they're looking to the public to, A, find the third person of interest so that they can question, and they're looking for any information that could lead to some sort of an arrest. So that information might be as simple as information out about a black SUV, the whereabouts of these three individuals before, during, or after the homicide, or anything. No information is too small and we ask you to report that to the police. And to clarify, the two people who are in custody were arrested on 
unrelated charges. And as of now, police, to my knowledge, they haven't used the, the term suspect, right? They've only been referring to these three as persons of interest. Correct. They're only being called persons of interest. And, and Moline Police Chief Darren Galt had said that these are people that we believe know significant information regarding Corey Harold Jr.'s death and the events surrounding that day. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the suspect. They may be friends with somebody involved. Um, all we know regarding the, the, the people who did, in fact, kill Corey Harold Jr. is we know that they were in a, a black SUV at, back in 2018. It was considered, according to police, a newer model. And they were wearing masks, again, around Halloween, so it's it's not uncommon to to see that, but they were they were wearing masks according to police. And police have actually shared images of that black SUV, right? Yes, they have. We have um, on our on our web article, we do have a photo of what which vehicle Moline police believe is the vehicle involved. It, it seems pretty clear that investigators know more now than they did back in 2018. What do we know about where this investigation goes from here? Where might answers come from if we're going to get them? Well, in reality, there isn't much more known today than there was three years ago, if I'm going to be completely honest. There isn't, there isn't a ton. Um, every year around the anniversary, we, the family does get together along with Moline Police, and they, they do this renewed message out to the public, pleading for any sort of response, any sort of a tip that they can get. So that is what Moline police are banking on, is that somebody saw something that day and they're hoping that these people will come forward if they saw a black SUV, if they saw people in an SUV wearing masks, if they saw anything out of the ordinary. Again, this happened right across the street from the police department. This is a busy part of our of our downtown so the chances of someone seeing something are likely again this is this isn't like six in the morning this was eight nine o'clock in the morning there's people moving around um so they're hoping that somebody out there will remember something and not rely on other people to give information um they're they're doing the normal plea of if you see something say something because this family just wants justice. Again, the cousin that I spoke to just said, we need to remember that murder is wrong and you, you shouldn't be able to get away with this. So if you know something, please help our family. And I'm hoping that people will come forward and understand that this is wrong. Murder is wrong to kill someone, to have total and blatant disregard for life, but where it happened at, just authority. And as this case has gone unsolved for three years now, there's a son who lost a father. What did Corey Harrell's cousin tell you about what life has looked like for, for Harrell's son and, and for the rest of their family in that time? Well, family, of course, still heartbroken, still grieving the loss of Corey Harrell Jr., but also having to deal with the fact that Corey Harrell Jr.'s son lost his father. He was four months old at the time of his father's murder. He will never have the opportunity to celebrate a birthday with his dad, celebrate holidays, anything like that. So right now, spending a lot of time with grandpa um, so that he has some sort of a, of a connection with his dad. And of course, Kane, baby Kane, uh, doesn't know what's happening, but 
after speaking with his cousin, he can he's getting the sense that something might be missing, something um, isn't fully whole with with uh, with his family. David Bullman with WQAD in Moline, Illinois. We'll certainly be keeping an eye on your reporting. Thanks for sharing the story. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on another episode of The Daily Crime. As a reminder, we're here every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast wherever it is you're listening right now. If you're looking for more podcasts from us, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.